Hi, welcome to A Side of Homicide. I'm Austin. And I'm Tennille Turner. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm just making shit because I'm making shit. Yeah, you're making I'm shit. Making okay, shit. yeah, yeah. You're making a shit content. I'm giving you shit okay, for last okay. week. No, I understood it. I got it. Thank you. It's been a long day, okay? It's a Monday. Yeah, so speaking of that, how's your week been? Well, I mean, you know, since it just started, it's great. And we just recorded what, Saturday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So nothing's really happened. But we have to record early because we're going to go camping in Itasca. So. And, well, it's supposed to rain. It is. I really hope it doesn't. And I said it's because you killed the spider. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. <laughs> okay, say the little thing. Okay, so when I was little, my parents would always tell me. And, like, I heard it all the time. Like, if you kill a spider, it's going to rain. <laughs> Yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard it. It was like it. a superstition. So I was like, I told that to Tennille because I, I, she said this morning in the group chat, she was like, I killed the spider. And I was like, thanks, now it's going to rain. And then coincidentally, it's going to rain in Itasca. Well, legitly, I replied and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I was like, I, I swear to God, I'm not totally crazy yet at this point in my life. So I did Google it. It is a thing. It is a thing. I've just, I've never heard... Could you breathe any harder, Leonard? <laughs> Leonard just jumped up and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's acting like he just ran around Jesus and he has not. He doesn't even pant that hard when I chase him with. Are you okay, buddy? Well, anyways, if you hear panting, that's not us. That's Leonard. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's kind of all we got going on. Oh, and next week we're gonna go see a quiet place too. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm dragging Austin to see a quiet place. Well, too. you just like told me you're like, do not make plans on this date at this specific time. And I was like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> okay. But I really loved the first one. And I actually was like going to see the second one. And then all of a sudden he announced that he was scheduling it to be yeah. for next year. Right. Because of the pandemic. Wow. I said that really stupidly, but yeah. So that's why I've been like wanting to see it so bad. And so Austin said he'd go with me. So we're going to watch the first one because I have it on DVD. So we're going to watch that. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, it really will. So how has your week been so far? Um, I mean, it's been smooth so far, except for um, I was over the other night, as you know. So we were out on your patio and I came back in and I tripped over your, well, you have like this screen thing that goes over your door and it like, if they're flaps, I call it your flaps. <laughs> Do I hate it so, so I much. tripped over your flaps. My magnetic flaps. Yeah, your magnetic flaps. I tripped over them. And you have like this, this stand kind of by your door. So if you open your door a little bit too far, it, which I did because I tripped on it over your flaps. And, and his then I big hit the booty door. hit the door. <laughs> My big booty hit the door. <laughs> And then I knocked over one of your vases. Well, technically you knocked over two, but one broke. Yeah, one did break. I was like, oop. And you just looked at me and you're like, fucking A. I, I like, mean, only because first was the wine incident when you spilled an entire glass of wine on my white <laughs> cream couch. And then you broke my vase. But Austin's very kind. He always offers to replace the things that he has broken. Yeah, so I did buy you yes. another $40 little vase. <laughs> Well, I liked the vase. Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah, so he, he bought that again for me. But hey, you know, it's I'm a very clumsy person, but I'm a very responsible, clumsy person. Good content. Yes. <laughs> That's what we said. We're like, you know what? At least we can talk about this in the podcast. Yes, for sure. 
So I guess I get, that's all I got this week. Yeah, so I suppose we can get on to Tennille's True Crime News, hosted by Tennille Turner. Commentary by Austin Olds. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I said that's so weird. <laughs> Austin Olds. Okay. So, ooh, so this one isn't like technically true crime, but it's kind of creepy, so I really wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And I these things fascinate me, and I know they fascinate you too. A woman finds hidden passageways in her rental home. Really? Yeah. It's on TikTok too, so you'll have to look it up later. But according to Metro UK, a woman named Jacqueline Williams, who is 29 years old, is currently renting a home with her husband, Jay, and their son. And they had been currently living there for about two months, and they ended up moving in without actually seeing the rental home in person. Yeah. So probably came from like a different state or something and couldn't view it beforehand. Well, and they almost did that with West Crack too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I... Didn't have to, just for the fact that, I mean, this whole building was basically empty besides three units. Yeah. So I could, like, walk into any unit. Well, I just walked and I was like, looks good, and then signed it. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. Really didn't look around. I was just trying to I get... thought about it for a few days. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. I was staying with Sarah at the time. So oh, on I her couch. kind of yeah. had to... I don't blame you. ...get a place to Actually, live. Actually, that's really funny because I was staying with my friend Anna on her couch. <laughs> Until I moved Twins. here. <laughs> Until we went on to bigger and better things. Yes. Bigger and better West Crack things. And we did it because we were, you know, we had breakups. Yeah. So, so we had to live on our friend's couch. Love it. She discovered a secret crawl space above the staircase and other secret passages, which would be so exciting. Yeah. I like that. She even posted a video of it on TikTok, like I mentioned, um, which I have checked out because I love this stuff. Did you send it to me? I can't remember if I did or not. I'm going to be honest. I haven't checked your TikTok DMs okay. for like a month. That makes me feel so much better about not looking at yours too, though. Yeah. But I have looked at yours on the app, just not in our group chat. Yeah. Because we just have too many messages going back and forth. So you'll have to look at that. Uh, the house was built in 1959 along with the secret passages. And she found backward light switches a safe room, and then wires hanging out of the walls, and 16 working security cameras. What? Strange, right? And Jacqueline now plans on asking the landlord about it. Yeah. <laughs> See what's up. What the fuck? Yeah. That sounds like some West Crack shit, though. Yeah, that gave me chills, though. Yeah. So this second one is a man with a tiger flees from police. <laughs> <laughs> And no, it was not that one dude with all the tigers. Oh, Tiger. Tiger King or whatever. Tiger I never Lord. got into it. So No, Tiger King it is. Tiger. Yeah. Did but... you say Tiger Lord? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I you don't know what it is either. I don't want it. I didn't, so, watch, it. I didn't watch it either. According to CBS News, a man named Victor Hugo Cuevas, who is 26 years old, allegedly fled from police with his pet tiger, which is illegal to own in the city. Imagine that. Right. Uh, this all started when a neighbor called police and stated they saw a tiger roaming around outside. <laughs> Just imagine if you're in a suburb and you're like, that's a tiger. <laughs> what do you do? When police arrived, uh, the owner put the tiger in an SUV and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a golden like, retriever. See ya. <laughs> Go take it to the Starbucks for the Starbucks. I don't know what is up with me today. The the Starbucks. And then Austin said the Instagram earlier. Yeah. Too. So take him to Starbucks and get a pup cup. And then go and bring him to the dog park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, another strange thing is Victor was actually currently out on bond relating to a 2017 murder charge. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> his bond has now been revoked. There is a video that was taken by one of the neighbors showing them like inside taking a video out of the window. And it's an off-duty police officer like pointing his gun at the tiger. <laughs> and the tiger's like walking closer, but it's like, the tiger doesn't know what a gun is. Yeah, like, the tiger's probably like, what the fuck are you doing? And the tiger was not harmed to my knowledge and it has now been located. Okay. So the tiger is safe. Good, good. I was worried. Yes. This one's interesting. Okay. Police chief loses license after faking a report to avoid a meeting. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, he kind of went over the top. Listen to this. According to HuffPost in Freiburg, Maine, a man named Joshua Potvin had been a police chief for six years until he decided to write a suspicious person report so that he could skip a Freiburg board of selectmen meeting in February of 2020. (laughs) I mean, it sounds boring. So we kind of get it, but like, dude, just say you're sick. Yeah, true. Just go home sick. Right. Uh, He then texted one of his officers and asked her to call him out of the meeting. (laughs) Then he drove his cruiser to Freiburg Fairgrounds and used the computer in his cruiser to create a false entry in the department dispatch system, stating that he drove there in response to a suspicious person. (laughs) And he even went as far as to enter a fairground employee's license plate. Shut up. Isn't that mean? (laughs) Like that poor person. Then the academy voted to take away his license. So he's That's not fair. police chief anymore. That's fair. Yeah, it is. I mean, I get it. It's just, dude, take a sick day. Yeah, that's just true. Just take a sick day. So this one you'll really like. Okay. So you know Chris Watts? Yes. So for all of you who don't, he killed his entire family. Piece of shit. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He is an outcast in prison. Nobody <laughs> likes him. <laughs> I know. Good. Nobody likes him at all. Good. The prisoners don't even like him. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's nice. That's some good news yeah, right I'm there. Yeah, I'm glad he's not, you know, becoming friends with yeah. people in prison. Yeah, I'm glad that he has no friends. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully it's a painful however many years. I hope so, too. You know, it's just one sentence, but I had to say it just because I thought it was funny. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. So have you heard of the murders of the Beaver family, or it's also known as the Broken Arrow Killings? I have not. So shout out to Tulsa World, because they had an amazing detailed timeline. And I added that to my notes. Okay. So shout out to them. They did good. Shout out to them. Uh, We love you. (laughs) We love you. Whoever wrote that, we love you. This story takes place in July of 2015, and it involves the Beaver family. Hopefully, I'm saying that right because I never listened to the pronunciation, but it's B E V E R. Maybe Bever. Bever, Beaver, Bever. They lived at 709 Magnolia Court in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. The father's name is David, who was 52 years old. The mother's name is April, who is 44 years old. And their children, Crystal, who is 13, Daniel, who is 12, Christopher, who is 7. Victoria, who is five, Autumn, who is two, Robert, who is 18, and Michael, who is 16. Damn, any more? No, that's a lot of kids, though, right? Like, that's a lot of kids. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Too many. Too many kids, in my opinion. Too many. I mean, I don't know the religion. Yeah. You know, so maybe that had to do something with it. Who knows? That's true. Uh, but the father, David, worked in a tech field, um, and April actually homeschooled her children because, I mean, they had a buttload. Right. So, I get it. Right. That's a whole school. It is a whole school. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure how true this statement is, but I've read it in multiple articles, so I feel like I need to include it. It is sad, though. 
It was reported that the family life was not the best at home. Both parents were allegedly physically and psychologically abusive towards their children. Mm. Yeah. And I feel bad for saying this because they, they're not here to defend themselves. So yeah. I feel kind of weird saying it, but a lot of articles had it. Okay. Robert, one of the children, felt that his parents hated children and only thought they had kids for tax breaks. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Fair. I get it. Fair. Fair. <laughs> the children also were not allowed to attend public school and they were rarely allowed to leave the home. Which, I don't know if that, you know, is 100% true. Just because you're homeschooled doesn't mean that you're not allowed to go out, you know? Right, right. So I, I'm just kind of iffy on that. Yeah. Well, and my next sentence is, that they've gone bowling. <laughs> like the day that this all went down, they were bowling. So oh. I mean, they obviously leave the house. Okay. I was like, I was Not like, that they just They like... don't leave the house, but they did go bowling. One time. <laughs> they like to go bowling. <laughs> it was like okay. us, oh, that sorry, one time sorry. we tried to go and it was. Oh my God. Night. Okay. We tried to go bowling on a Wednesday night and apparently it's league night at every place in town that has a bowling alley. Yeah. And it was disappointing. The bowling players are probably so mad at us because we don't understand that Wednesdays no. are league nights, but we just wanted to have a few drinks and throw balls around. Yeah. So sue us. Some heavy balls. <laughs> some heavy balls. So on July 22nd, 2015 was just a regular day for them. Nothing out of the ordinary. Nobody suspected anything. And they had actually gone bowling this day okay. in particular. Okay. Okay. And they came home and then had dinner. Later that evening, Crystal, who was one of the daughters, was walking by her brothers, Michael and Robert's room, and and she was just relaying a message from her mother, and she wanted Robert to go downstairs and do the dishes. Before Crystal left the room, they stopped her and told her that they wanted to show her something on the computer that they had. Okay. And so, obviously, Crystal's, you know, just curious. She's 13. She's like, okay, what is it? Yeah. Um, so she said she later remembered walking into her brother's room and hearing one of them say, are we going to do this now? Which is just so creepy. Yeah. You know? And then suddenly Robert grabbed Crystal, covered her mouth, and then cut her throat. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, though, the cut wasn't too deep and she was able to scream still. They didn't, like, you know, hurt her vocal cords or anything. Still, her fucking throat. Yeah. And then Robert plunged the knife into her abdomen and arms, but she did get away and she ran to warn the rest of her family. And she actually remembers fading in and out due to blood loss, which I could see. She's tiny. She's only 13. Right. And she also stated that it felt like metally, like she could taste it. Oh. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. And Crystal started running away towards the front door. And then she looked down and realized that she had an organ hanging out. Oh. Yep. Ooh. And then she said, I just kind of held it in my hand. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So. What organ? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, organs all look like gooey and gross and round yeah. to me. Ugh. I don't know. I ain't no doctor. The next victim is believed to be their mother, April. She had come running to help Crystal because she heard her screaming. Yeah. And she ended up being stabbed 48 times. Holy fuck. Yeah. I feel like they had something against her. Yeah. And they ended up killing her by blunt force trauma. It wasn't even the actual stabbings. Really? Mm -hmm. Her autopsy later reveals injuries to her head, torso, and her extremities. And then the brothers ended up moving on to killing their father, David. 
It was stated that they used the biggest knife that they could to kill him, and he was stabbed 28 times. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He was stabbed in the back, chest, and abdomen. Sorry, Leonard's licking my toes. (laughs) (laughs) Abdomen. He's tickling me. Um. I'm guessing they chose the largest knife just for the fact that, I mean, he is bigger than a child and he probably could fight back a lot easier. Right. Then they killed Christopher and stabbed him six to 21 times. I know this is a large range of stabbings, but I kept finding different amounts in different articles. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have the range in there. Yeah. And just say, well, he was stabbed multiple times. Okay. (laughs) And then the brothers moved on to Victoria, and they stabbed her 18 to 23 times. Jesus Christ. And again, I know the range, but it was in articles, so. And she was stabbed in her abdomen and her face. And poor little Daniel had locked himself in the bathroom, because obviously he knew what was going on. Yeah. And he was able to call 911. Really? hmm And Michael convinced Daniel that Robert was attacking him, too. And pleaded with him to open the door. Oh. And so Daniel did open the door. And then Michael and Robert came through the door and started stabbing him in the stomach, chest, neck, and oh. back. Mm-hmm. Nine to 21 times. Jesus. Their sister, Crystal. Well, the thing is, okay, before I start my next paragraph here, the thing is, him calling 911 probably saved Crystal. Yeah. And don't forget... The other little one, Autumn, yeah. was two. Yeah. So he probably saved both of them. <sighs> so their sister, Crystal, ended up running outside, but she did actually end up passing out in the front lawn. One of the brothers actually went outside and brought her back inside, and they left a trail of her blood from the lawn back into the house. Oh. And she couldn't remember which brother was carrying her, though, because, like I mentioned, she was coming in and out of consciousness yeah. and with the loss of blood. Um, But as he was carrying her back inside, Crystal later stated that she could hear somebody screaming inside the house. So she knows that at least one of the brothers was carrying her and one of the brothers was in the house still killing somebody. Yeah. She later said, that's when I realized what was happening. They were trying to kill everyone. And for a little 13-year-old to, like, realize that, you know? Yeah. It's just like... Fuck, this is brutal. I know. I told you this was a doozy. They just kind of jumped into it. Mm-hmm. Crystal, being as smart as she truly is, played dead. Okay, good. And she was just hoping to be left alone, you know, while she played dead. Yeah. Um, once Robert and Michael had killed their entire family, they had plans to dismember them as well. Oh! Yeah, and then they were going to place them in the attic in bins and then clean the house up, which I don't really get why. Oh, I mean... Okay. If they knew anything, they'd know that blood, you can't just wash blood out. Right. You know, like, it'll leave traces. Right. So, by this time, only Crystal and her two-year-old sister, Autumn, were still alive. Michael and Robert had planned on killing the toddler by cutting off her head with an axe. (gasps) Yeah, but they ran out of time. (sighs) Yeah, because the cops arrived. Michael and Robert's original plan after the killing and dismembering was to grab their ammo and their weapons and steal the family car. Then they had planned to go on a mass shooting spree in as many locations as possible, and their goal was to kill at least 100 people. Oh, my God. Like, they are psychotic. Like, they're on another level of psychotic. the fuck? So, you may be wondering how they had, you know, all these weapons. Yeah. But, don't forget, Robert's 18. Okay. And he had a job at a call center. So, all the money that he earned at that job, he saved... 
and spent it on buying knives, body armor, a helmet, bullets, and guns. That's fucking gross. Mm -hmm. And his parents didn't know because they did not like firearms. Right. So they wouldn't have allowed that in their house. And around 11.30 p.m. that night, Broken Arrow police received a call that is believed to be from Daniel Beaver, like I mentioned. Yeah. From a home in the 700 block of East Magnolia Court. On the 911 call, you can hear a child whispering for help, saying his brother's attacking his family. Uh-huh. And I will admit, I did not listen to this because that it makes me sad. Yeah. I just read the um, transcript. Yeah. You have to squeak the duck at this specific time. Yeah, why not? Okay, I'm going to take a little Coke break. <laughs> I was wondering why you were sniffing. <laughs> I was spilling my Coke it's everywhere. Coke. Okay, hopefully Leonard just stops. You can hear the child say on the phone, please don't murder me. And then another voice comes on the line and says hello and then disconnects. And they believe that was one of the brothers, obviously. The officers arrived at the home and they first encounter a 13-year-old girl suffering from multiple stab wounds, including her throat slit, which ends up being crystal. And she could be heard saying, save me, save me. And she told the police that her brothers, Robert and Michael, were the ones attacking the the family. And then Autumn, who was that two-year-old, was actually found upstairs unharmed, thankfully. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. And like I said, they ran out of time, so they couldn't kill her. Which, good on Daniel for thinking of calling 911, because I bet he was scared out of his mind already. Yeah. And to have the guts and be like, okay, I'm going to call for help. Yeah. Just breaks my heart. Between 11.40 p.m. that night and 12.20 a.m. the next morning, the police located five dead members of the family. It was David, April, Daniel, Christopher, and Victoria. Christopher and Victoria were found in the bathroom on the first floor, huddled together. David and Daniel were found upstairs. April was found near the couch on the living room floor on the first floor. The next day, on July 23rd, 2015, around 12.30 a.m., Michael and Robert were found in a wooded area behind the family's home, and they were found by police and search dogs. And because they didn't have time to steal that car. Because the police came in the front door, you know, guaranteed if it's a normal home, their cars are in the front yard. Right, right. In the driveway. And they had actually fled the scene when the police had arrived and, you know, just to that wooded area, like Mm -hmm. I mentioned. Robert had a knife at the time, but he did give it up to the police. They were both covered in blood and dirt, and then they were immediately arrested. And there's pictures of them before the police took them in, and they look disgusting. Oh. I'll, I'll post pictures of it, but it's okay. just kind of creepy and just is... Yeah, you'll have to show me. Yeah, because you know what? I actually have them on my phone. I okay. screenshotted them already, so I'll have to show you here. Ew. Yeah, there's the first one. There's the second one. Ew. And they had full body pics, but I just decided to do the headshots instead yeah and then this is the home okay so on a side note here one of the police dogs bit michael (laughs) (laughs) so all i have to say is go police doggos go pupper they were silent and emotionless on their way to the station and when they arrived at the station they were obviously separated for interrogation purposes they don't Mm. want them to you know make the same stories together and but when they each started telling the story of what had happened to the police, it was reported that they were laughing, smiling, grew excited when they spoke about details of the killings. Ew, that's mm-hmm. fucking disgusting. That, it's sad. Like, are you kidding me? You just killed your whole family and you're laughing about it? Yeah. Like, Ugh. 
So Robert and Michael at this time had been charged with five counts of first degree murder and one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon and no bail was given, which is good. Good, yes. Not like they could come up with it anyways. Right. But. So Crystal was brought to the hospital but was unable to speak because she had a ventilator tube down her throat. Yeah. So when she wrote it, like, since she couldn't speak out loud, she wrote notes instead to communicate with people. Yeah. And so she wrote on a note and it said, two brothers did this to me. And then she gave it to her intensive care unit nurse. Ooh. Yeah. And she remained in critical condition, an unstable condition the next day due to her throat being slashed and then her stomach being ripped open by the knife too. Yeah. And then she continued to use notes to communicate and asked about her parents and her two-year-old sister. I think she kind of knew what happened to her other yeah. siblings, did, I'm guessing. Did she survive? Crystal? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. God. Yeah, she does. I thought you were going to say due to her injury, she passed away. Yeah. And I was going to go, no, yeah. no. So she asked the nurse and then the nurse told her that her two-year-old sister was just fine and that her brothers had been arrested. But the nurse didn't feel comfortable giving the information about the other family members. So she just said that she didn't have the information at the time. Yeah. Which I think is okay just so that, you know, she can try to start healing. Yeah. Without having that traumatic knowledge, you know, mm -hmm. right when you get in the hospital. Right. And I bet they have people specifically made to tell kids that kind of news. Yeah. So I think it was best that she mm -hmm. let the other people handle it. So on August 3rd, 2015, both Robert and Michael pled not guilty, which how? Interesting. <laughs> so their attorneys had previously filed motions requesting that records, including the 911 audio, be sealed from the public. And the judge ruled on August 5th, 2015, that the 911 audio transcript can be released by the city of Broken Arrow, but the audio is to be sealed. Okay. Which, okay, I can see because the audio is more traumatic when you listen to it versus reading it right right you know? so okay at least he released the transcript because i think that was the right thing to yeah do. according to ranker it was later stated that there were cameras discovered in the home and robert and michael planned on recording the murders at the family home and affidavit confirmed that the thumb drive recovered had live footage on it but it was never released what it contained oh which i'm okay with not knowing what it yeah. contained yeah yeah Robert admitted that he wanted to post it online later on YouTube. <gasps> that was the purpose of it. As if it wouldn't get taken down right mm -hmm. away, though. But, I mean, that kind of thing. For example, remember that case that I covered with the news anchors? Oh, It never yeah. goes away, technically. Yeah. Somebody will always have a copy of it because it was posted online. That's true. So, I think he just, he liked the publicity of it. On October 1st, 2015, Michael's defense attorney, Rob Nye, or me, I'm going to go with Nye filed a motion seeking to have his client prosecuted as a juvenile instead of an adult. Okay. Yeah. I can see him trying that, but fuck him. Yeah. Uh, the state law indicates that 15 to 17 year olds charged with first degree murder are to be tried as adults and are ineligible for juvenile or youthful offender certification. And that motion was actually denied by the judge. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. On October 12th, 2015. And it stated that Michael would be tried as an adult. And of course, attorney Nye appeals that decision. And in December of 2015, Attorney Nye and Tulsa County District Attorney Steve Kunzwiller present arguments before the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals and the court issues an opinion siding with the state's decision to prosecute him as an adult. On February 23rd, 2016, a preliminary hearing was held and the Broken Arrow Police testified and stated that Michael and Robert had planned to hurt other people after they killed their family and they wanted to become famous for it. 
It was stated that Robert laughed while he described the attacks and that killing more than one person made him feel like a god. It was discovered that Robert and Michael had been obsessed with serial killers and enjoyed seeing the fame that came from their crimes. And they enjoyed researching the Columbine massacre. Oh, no. Yeah, that's why I asked you the other night. I had to ask Austin if he knew about the Columbine massacre just because it happened before he was born. So it's like, I don't know if you know, like, you know. And they also claimed that they wanted to outdo them. Another killer that they liked was James Egan Holmes. He was the one who committed the mass murder at that movie theater in 2012. Oh, yeah. In Aurora, Colorado. And then they also admired cult leader Jim Jones. So Robert ended up admitting that he had planned to kill his family since he was 13 years old. Jesus Christ. Like something was wrong with him from the beginning. Yeah. Like what? I don't even remember what my thoughts were when I was 13. Right. Like watching movies. Puberty. Yeah. Eating candy. (laughs) Looking awkward in middle school. Like not knowing how to do my hair. Yeah. Like I don't know what I was thinking at 13. Cheetah print. Cheetah print. That is exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) And zebra print. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So um, he also later found out that his brother Michael was interested in killing people as well. Not sure how that conversation started. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how you would begin that. Right. You know? Do you ever? Hey, brother. Do you just? Do you ever want to kill somebody? Do you ever think about killing mom and dad? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> Psychotic. Boys will be boys. Oh my god! Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. So their original plan was to attack in September, but they ended up waiting till July until they were quote quote fully prepared. In the past, Crystal, being the brave girl she is, reported the weird behavior of her brothers to her mother, but her mother stated it was boys being boys. Oh, my. it's never boys being boys. I hate that quote so much. Like, it's never with a fire burning inside me. I hate it. It's never no, boys being boys. That's such a bullshit thing to say. Yeah. On June 3rd, 2016, the defense attorney's filed multiple motions on Robert and Michael's behalf, which addresses the issues such as display of grief buttons and visible emotion during trial. And I I know that a a few cases have done this that I've read about before, but honestly, I think this is such bullshit because like Robert and Michael killed their entire family. Of course, there's going to be emotion in the courtroom. How do you just flip a switch and turn it off? Sorry that we're not Robert and Michael, and we're not capable of doing that kind of thing. On June 17th, 2016, Robert attempted suicide in his jail cell by attempting to hang himself by tying a sheet around his neck in a sleeping boat that he had propped up. He propped the boat against the toilet to allow his head to hang freely. Why did he have a boat? So... It's not technically a boat. Like, I had no idea what a sleeping boat was either. So I Googled it and it stated that it was a large plastic canoe shaped tray for inmates that don't have a bed. Okay. Like, that sounds like ghetto, but it's what he deserved. So. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> On July 7th, 2016, District Judge Sharon Holmes granted a continuance of trial. And this is the third time that it was done. I mean, a lot of people get the trial continued, it's not out of the ordinary or yeah. anything. The reason for this is to determine whether to seek the death penalty for Robert or not. Mm-hmm. And they could not seek the death penalty in Michael, though, due to his age, even though he is being tried as an adult. Yeah. Still. 
On September 7th, 2016, Robert, who is now 19, was sentenced to five terms of life without parole and Good. one life term. Mm -hmm. All of which will run consecutively. And Robert took this plea deal so that he could avoid the death penalty. Otherwise, I don't think he would have. Oh, I killed a bunch of people, but I don't want to die. Right. And on March 18th, 2017, oddly enough, the two-story home where Robert and Michael murdered their entire family was engulfed in flames. Yeah. Really? Even to this day, there was an investigation done, obviously, but after all this time, it has not been determined what caused that fire. Really? Isn't that weird? Yeah. So on April 9th, 2017, Broken Arrow City Councilor Mike Lesner announced that $50,000 was raised to purchase the former Bever Beaver home so that they could turn the property into a memorial garden. Oh. Yeah. Since the fire had already tore through the home, they had just planned to bulldoze the house. And then on May 30th, 2018, they started. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. I'll post a picture of that too. Okay. On April 20th, 2018, Michael's trial began, and on May 10th, 2018, after five hours of deliberation, the jury finds him guilty of killing his parents, three siblings, and attempting to kill his sister. Good. According to News on Six, Crystal, who was 16 at the time of the trial, bravely testified against her brother. Mm -hmm. Because of the trauma she went through and to avoid seeing her brother, the judge allowed her to testify in a different courtroom with the judge and the attorneys. Yeah. And the testimony was broadcasted onto a TV screen in the courtroom that had the jury. Okay. On July 24th, 2018, Michael spoke in front of the judge after the trial and stated that he wished he hadn't done it. I'm not even going to read what he had to say because I don't give a fuck what he had to say. Yeah, exactly. Because he's garbage. You did it. Like, you did it. I don't, I don't even think he's sorry, personally. No, I think no. he's just saying sorry because he was getting his sen sentencing from the judge. Yeah. And was hoping to get some lenience or right. something stupid. So, yeah, I don't care. Almost a year later, on July 15th, 2019, around 4.40 p.m., Robert came up behind two staff members at the Joseph Harp Correctional Center in Lexington with a sharpened instrument, so who knows what that would be in prison. Oh, my. Oddly enough, one of the staff members wrapped Robert in a bear hug and ordered him to drop the weapon. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> now he will face a record of misconduct coded as inmate on staff assault without serious injury. Good. Yes. Michael is currently serving uh, time at the Lexington Correctional Center, and during his time in prison, he drew twisted fantasy doodles in his prison cell. Oh, so clearly he's not sorry. No, he's not sorry. And he did this while he was waiting trial. So it was before his trial, but still, still I mean, if he was sorry, he wouldn't have done any of that. Yeah. Also in this notebook, he wrote about James Holmes and Jim Jones. And then it also included a page featuring a red swastika with the words white power. <sighs> and then a number of pictures showing dead stick figures. Ooh. He also wrote his version of a short story about he and his brother who had decided to murder their entire family in their Oklahoma home. Robert is currently serving time at Joseph Harp Correctional Center. And during that time, he has been able to get both of his hands tattooed. Like, how does that, <laughs> how does that happen? Like, like, how do you get tattoos in jail? Somebody reach out to us, please. How do you get tattoos in prison? <laughs> Somebody who works in a prison, like, let us know. How is that possible? <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't ever understand. No. So, 
One of his hands has LWOPX5, <laughs> which means life without parole, five counts. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And then the other hand just spells out the word five. <coughs> just fucking loser. So since the killings, um, Crystal and Autumn have been adopted to the same home so they could stay together. Okay, good. Which is good. a good thing, but it's like. Damn, shout out to Crystal, because she's been through some shit. Yeah. At least Autumn will be too young to remember about anything. Right. And from what I read, she slept through the whole thing anyways. Oh. So it's like, hopefully she doesn't even know what happened. Right, right. And obviously she'll see things in the future when she gets older, but it's like, ugh, Crystal was at of age where she'll remember everything. Yeah. She deserves the world. Oh, absolutely. You know? So yeah, there was my wild family murder case for you today. Thank you for that. It, so I welcome. am unwell right now because You're of this case. unwell. <laughs> yes. Well, I found this one on TikTok also. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll I hadn't ever heard of this case. Yeah, I'll have to start looking at cases from there too because I normally just Google like bizarre cases. Yeah. Well, usually when I Google stuff like that, it comes up with two like popular cases. I know. It always does. Yeah. So like with TikTok, like I usually find stuff that I haven't really heard about. Yeah. And I'm sure there are podcasts that have covered this, but I just haven't heard it yet. So yeah. It's like that's fine, but... I guess we could get on to the dog and cat fact. And I'm going to start today. Do you have it ready? I'm so proud I of do. You. And this one is shout out to Max. So when cats hit you with retracted claws, they're playing, not attacking. So when he doesn't have his claws out and mm -hmm. he just kind of paws at you. Or he does it a lot. Yeah, he's just playing. Oh, he's so sweet. Even when he just like, t -t -t -t, you know. I love him. I know. I can't wait to see him tonight. I figured he'd like that. You guys, we're going to go eat hot dogs with Wendy. <laughs> well, my mom had randomly texted me when I was at work today. And she goes, I'm craving a semi-burnt hot dog. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was so random so now she got this stuff and we're gonna go have semi-burnt hot dogs and sit on the patio yes and drink wine and coke <laughs> <laughs> okay so my dog fact is actually super random so three dogs survived the sinking of the titanic <gasps> yes yeah, a newfoundland a pomeranian and a pekingese yeah i'm not surprised they're two little dogs though because mm -hmm. Those fuckers live through anything. Leonard would fucking survive, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. They have attitudes. Their attitudes will carry them Leonard through. would. Anyways, I guess you can follow us on Facebook at. Uh, Side of Homicide. Or on Instagram at. Side of Homicide. Or email us at. Side of Homicide at Hotmail.com. And if you'd be so awesome to leave us an Apple Podcast review, we would love you, shout you out, and love you forever again. Yes. Anyways, that's that all we great. have. Thank you for listening again. <laughs> Bye. Bye.